When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Radio. Jason, Jason, we don't have time this week. We get we we don't have time. I need you to stand the fuck up right now for the national. <sighs> All right, Greek. <laughs> well, I'll give you this. You're getting closer. Although, I really you could never hide. I really wish always gets his The one day, Brendan, I forgot my cattle prod. The one day. Okay, all right, we get it. He's the Mountie. Mountie always gets his man. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Jacques Rougeau. God damn you, Jimmy. That is not our national anthem, Brendan. That is pretty much the anthem. It's certainly a revered song in the canon of this country. Uh, I, the Maple Leaf Forever. I did pretty good this week, I gotta say. You got closer, but you're still wrong, and fuck you uh, for no, disrespecting this country and I, all who dwell. As I continue to do every day, much like the truck drivers, just disrespecting this country every day. Oh, don't don't say that about all truck drivers. Most oh, of sorry. them are cool. I mean the what seven percent? The ten percent whatever, ten percent. We are the ten percent. They're gonna start wearing oh no, we just coined it. They're gonna start wearing patches on their dumb jackets. Oh, no, wait, because they're of gonna, this podcast? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. The wait, they're, they're all so wait, they were all they were our core listeners. Yes, yes. Oh, no. I know, I know. And unfortunately they haven't been able to listen the last couple of weeks because they've been so busy honking horns and yeah, uh, I don't know, knocking over homeless shelters and such things. Whatever they're doing, I don't know. Did Good they, luck, guys. Wait, are you saying they came aboard after our Hell Drivers episode? Yes, they they were very much into trucks, uh, and which is funny because mo- uh, you know most of these people they're not, but they love trucks, and so they were in for Hell Drivers, and now they're our core audience. And we made the mistake of not monetizing them before we shed on them. But Jason, this episode is brought to you today by Heineken because it's the beer we're drinking. Uh, yeah, they've given us no money, but Heineken, if you're listening, we could use a couple cases. It'd be nice. You know? <laughs> you're almost, you're kind of a European beer. You're a European, well, I mean, you are a European beer. You're kind of. I mean, it's from well, Europe. Well, is it? Is, are you making a political statement about the Netherlands? I might be. I, I feel like their views are too radical. <laughs> <laughs> They've always been known as a war-torn country. Yeah, oh, just, just they beat the drums of war constantly. The I, Netherlands. Oh. I just want them to get out of the Ukraine. Yeah, Netherlands, <laughs> Netherlands, Netherlands, pull your troops from the Ukraine. <laughs> Netherlands, stop invading other countries and trying to rebuild the Soviet that's Union. That's right. Yeah, I do, that's not your job. That wasn't you in the first place. It wasn't even you, Netherlands. They're just big. They're big Soviet fanboys, I guess. What do you think you are, Hungary? That's why they pay their workers so much over there. They want to be commies. God damn it, Jason. We've once again figured out the world. Yeah. No, I know. A lot of truth on this podcast. A lot of truth. Um, and no lies or falsehoods whatsoever. What's your name again? They call me Jason. 
and my name, I believe, is Brendan, and this is a podcast called Four Screen. And Gundry. But right now, we're not talking about British movies. We're taking no. a break. We are talking about the top 10 Canadian films of all time, according to the Toronto International Film Festival and their most recent list of 2015. So this podcast is currently called Our Screen. In our country. A. a. Uh, I don't like how you mock this title every single week. Jason. Well, we're we're hosers, eh? And you know we could, we deserve to be mocked as much as anyone. Eh? That's not really what we sound like. We're Maritimers. We're blue nosers. Hosers are from Central Canada, and then we've got uh, uh, meth heads out in the west. So uh, it's uh, blue nosers. If you're from Nova Scotia, what do they call New Brunswickers? Or is there a, a fun slur for them? I don't know, idiots. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I've never, Jason. This is my problem. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm such a. I've been to. Th- I've lived in three different provinces, mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't know. I don't know where I define myself as being from because I'm. I'm technically born in Montreal, as I've said many times mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. I was in Nova Scotia for seven years, mm-hmm. and I've been in New Brunswick. I guess for the longest amount of time. Sure. So I guess I could say I'm. I feel like a New Brunswicker, but I don't really. Sometimes I don't know. I feel like I sound different than everybody else. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you do have a more sonorous voice, a radio voice. Oh, thank you. Uh, except for that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, going high like that. Oh, Niblets. That's my pitch. We, New Brunswickers should be called Niblets. Niblets. Yeah, because the N and the B, right? I, I'm, I'm against any more slurs starting okay. with N. <laughs> All right. Fair, fair. There's enough. Okay. Wait, would it just be uh, spelt N-B-L-E-T-S? Yeah. Okay. I guess that would be like knee blitz. Sure. This is very important. <laughs> very um, important stuff. You wh- you came for Canadian film, and this is what you get, folks. <laughs> this is what you get, just nonsense. We are talking about um, an, a, another movie. I was going to say a new movie, but this is not a new movie. No, no. This movie is, uh, at minimum... Uh, 30 years I, I, old. Yeah, 30 years old this year. 30 years, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Um, we are talking about... We are right in the middle of the list. We're talking about number five on the top ten. We are, of course, talking about the 1992 film... And as Jason and I sit here giggling like a bunch of immature uh, school children because, I don't know, the monk voices sound funny, we're talking about Leolo. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, Leolo, which, uh, as I understood, was a coming-of-age movie, but from that opening soundtrack, I think is some sort of uh, a deeply spiritual sci-fi horror picture. I believe it's a recruitment video for the Vatican. Oh, yeah, geez. It, it sounded like a didgeridoo to me. I, I know it's probably It's probably a choir. Didgeridoo. It's probably a choir, but it kind of sounded like a didgeridoo. It's an acquired taste. Uh, that sets a very dark tone for the movie that we're about to watch. And, right now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Plus play. All right, we've, we've watched it, we've done that, we've done the bit, we've watched the movie. So we're going to talk about Leolo, 1992, directed by Jean-Claude Lausanne. 
Lazoni. Interesting because doesn't the character call himself Leolo Lazoni? It's almost his last name. Well, in the movie, isn't it like Lazo? Is that the name of them? Is it the same name? It's it's almost the last name. I believe he says Lazone, and the director's name is Lazone. Okay. I'm just saying this. It, it's, well, I'm saying that in the movie that uh, uh, Leo Lozo yeah, calls himself Leo Lozoni. Lozoni, exactly. Yeah. I'm just saying it's close to the director's last right. name, Jason. I'm making my case and I'm stating it here. All right. Now that we've established that fact, <laughs> yeah. This is a movie from 1992, which I already said. It is shot on film. It is shot on film. It is in color. Saturated. Yeah. And I know what you're going to ask, Brendan. Is it in French? It is in French. I know what you're going to ask. Beyond that, which is, what is this movie about? (laughs) Yeah, I'll just sit back and let you do that. But you're going to have to help me a little bit. Okay. Because ostensibly, on its surface, this is a coming-of-age tale about a young boy uh, whose name is what? Leo. Leo. Right. It's the name of the movie, Leolo. Uh, And Leo, Leo's a bit of a daydreamer, a dreamer. He's Dreamer. a bit of a Billy liar. He's a bit of a Billy liar. I don't know that he's lying to other people, but he at least well, well, is... Well, I mean, he's a bit of a Billy liar in the in the Walter Mitty sort of he way. He has a strong internal world. Yeah, which I thought, by the way, that this was going to take a more Walter Mitty mm. tone at first, especially when we started with that opening scene with his uh, mother getting impregnated by a tomato with jizz in it. Yeah, and that's what happens, folks. That's... <laughs> That's it's literally we see a scene in Italy of some Italian like like tomato farmers putting tomatoes in crates and one dude's jerking off behind the tomatoes and he's like, yeah, I'm going to send this to America, which is weird because it goes to Montreal. Yeah. And then his mom is like out shopping for tomatoes and picks up a tomato and then like gets bumped into and falls into the tomato thing, into the tomato crate and, and it gets impregnated. Pregnant. Now, I don't think that's real that's because this movie it works because this movie is about his little weird fantasies, but it's because he doesn't think is he doesn't want to believe his father is his real father he feels disconnected yeah. from uh his family yeah he's got a pretty big family and they live in a pretty small apartment in uh pretty fucked up family yeah. let's just say that right now this is like yeah. the movie crazy dipped in acid <laughs> yeah a little bit this is both apparently semi-autobiographical i'd love to know what, I, is, what is not. i cr- i a little cringed a little bit when i read that considering the things that we're about to talk about yeah because i think jason i will go on record right now I know you're about to get into the plot a little bit, but I will go on record right now. I think this is the most disturbing movie we've watched. Well, yeah, and, 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 not, and not in a David Cronenberg sense, certainly. but And we watched A Clockwork Orange, <laughs> but I think this... I was almost more disturbed by this movie than A Clockwork Orange. Yeah, there's some uh, there's some weird shit that goes on. Uh, like, number one, uh, this is early on, the family is really, uh, really concerned about bowel movements. and Shit once a day. Shit once a day keeps the doctor away is the refrain. Listen, that's not healthy to try to do. To, 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 I mean, I mean, if, if you gotta. Shitting, if you're shitting once a day, great. It's like it's like if you can have at least one good solid bowel movement a day, that is a good thing. It is good, but, but it's not necessary. It's not uh, to the point where... You need to line your family up and give them all laxatives on Friday, like this family does. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to line up and take the laxative, and then they have to do the like prisoner thing of open their mouth and show that they've you know swallowed it. Well, I think that's interesting, considering later we see a lot of them end up in uh, asylums mm. where that sort of thing would be the norm, where they would check your mouth yeah. to make sure you took the pill. So that's a little bit of foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, and uh, like, are these parents preparing their children for the asylum? But Jason, tell me, um, so the plot, are they looking to find some sort of like magical gem or like what's the deal? No, no. Well, what is the plot? This is like- this It's is, a coming of age movie. You pretty yeah. much said it. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I mean, it's it's this kid growing up, uh, Leo, and he thinks he's Italian, so he goes by Leolo. Nobody calls him that except him. 
uh, and yeah, it's him navigating his life and and trying to make sense of the world around him. And he like he falls into reading this one book they have, which I actually should have looked up. Uh, uh, it's a it's a Quebecois novel. And it's the only book they have in the house, and he keeps reading it over and over again. And I think he keeps pulling the refrain from it. Caillou. You know? No, it's not Caillou. Okay. Uh, he uh, he keeps like reading a refrain from it. He keeps saying it. Whereas I I do not. What does he say? I dream, therefore I am not. Or I'm... Uh, because I dream, this is not what I am. Yeah. It's, it gets repeated a lot. Yeah. Actually, for the first little bit, I, it kind of reminded me of my Winnipeg a little bit, just mm. just in the sense that it felt very like artsy. Yes, and and not I, there wasn't there were times there were minutes going by at, at some point there were minutes of this movie that would go by and I'd be like not a hundred percent sure what happened yeah no no absolutely and this, then sometimes it would be very straightforward well that's the thing this movie at the same time is more straightforward and even more esoteric than my Winnipeg like yeah. there are times where you're just like is is this just fantasy or is it not or is this or, the real life yeah is this real life uh, Mama, landslide Mama etc shot a man. man yeah hey, Macarena yeah. Great song. But yeah, so he's like, he, so he like seizes on this book and he reads and, and that's kind of the thing that keeps him going. And it's, yeah, I'd have to go through my notes at this point to try to reconstruct a lot of what happened because it's just shit happens, you know? Um. Well, I mean. Let me, let me pull them up here. Maybe I should bury the lead right now. Should I, should I just bury the lead? Because I want to establish a sort of tone for myself right now. Okay, I have a question. Okay. Do you know what the phrase bury the lead means? No. Okay, bury the lead means that the most important fact of the story is is buried way down deep in it. So you're reading a news story and like the headline says one thing and that's about the story. And then down in the bottom of the story, like just out of the way is like, oh, that's actually the most important thing that was said in the story. Why is that not in the headline? That's okay, called well, burying the lead. Well, Jason, I don't mean in terms of the plot. I mean, okay. maybe bury the lead on this podcast in terms of our so, discussion so, of So it. we don't tell people that the most important thing about this podcast is that we talk about British and Canadian <sighs> films. We just like, oh yeah, no, it's a podcast and it's two guys that really hang out and, you know, they chat and, you know, they, they, they kind of do bits and stuff. And then, and then, you know, they also talk about British film. But like, it's, you know, never mind. Never mind, Jason. I just never mind. I just don't want you to seem stupid to the people, Brandon. I already seem stupid want, to the people. Do you people. want Sharon Harwat to think in her mind that you're an idiot and that she was on a podcast with you and that that's what she did with her life? Coming soon, or maybe it's already out because I don't know how schedule. Who knows? Work. Who knows how time works? It doesn't matter, Brendan. But you need to think about that. Don't tell me what to do. Okay, not anymore. Okay, you're well, can own. I just say something right now? Okay, and maybe this will even spark more discussion. Sure. I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say it loud, and I know this is number five, and I'm going to say it right now. I didn't like this movie. <gasps> so you're not burying the lead. You're like extra K. You're spoiling the end of the book, rather. I am spoiling the end of the book a little bit. But I just want to say I did not care for this movie very much. Interesting. Well, I'll say that I did enjoy this movie, uh, but am deserved by it in various parts. Mm-hmm. It's no women in love, that's for sure. It is not, but <laughs> I will say that there. this movie is, as we'll get into it, it's esoteric like you Uh said but i feel like they're trying to do so many different things and i'm getting pulled in so many different directions Uh that i don't think any of it is working as well as the movie thinks it is yeah it's 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 a lot to make heads or tails of and unlike say something like my winnipeg where you just kind of have to accept it (laughs) but this did you gotta have to accept that but this is is so conventional in some ways and just feels all over the place and i mean maybe that's what the appeal of it is but I have my notes up here so we can talk about some specific things. Uh, this will probably dig into whatever bits and bobs I have because well, I'm just pulling my notes up. But uh, I mean, uh, let's let's 
uh, okay, well, what, rather than you know going into I guess the the many the yeah, little yeah. things, let's talk about some of the bigger ideas of sure, this movie because, sure. um, like you said, it starts off the opening. Let's just talk about the opening scene again. So yeah. it starts off with that whole fantasy thing where he's talking about you know I don't belong to this. They say my fa- my father is a Frenchman, but I know it's not, and yeah. I was Italian and. You know, I came out of a jizz-filled tomato that an Italian guy jerked off onto in uh, Italy. And Same then, old story. <laughs> it's, it's a tale as old as time. Yeah. Um, so really off the bat, establishing that, like, not everything you may you think... Not everything is going to be real. Yeah. But also, like... Couldn't you see like a Fairly Brothers comedy starting off this way yes. with an Italian, like an Italian caricature jizzing into a tomato, and that's how this character is born? Couldn't you see also an Adam <laughs> Sandler movie? Starting yeah. This oh, way? absolutely. <laughs> or like a Rob Schneider movie, or like you know. I mean, aren't those the same thing, really? Well, I mean, let's just hey, let's be real. Deuce Bigelow is different than uh, the animal. Wait, no, those are both Rob Schneider those movies. Those are both, but they are very Deuce different. Bigelow, <laughs> they are not. Deuce Bigelow <laughs> is very different from, let's say, the Water Boy. I enjoyed Deuce Bigelow when I was a teenager. I don't know if that would hold up. Just the European Gigolo one, though. I never saw it. Your favorite. Never saw it. Don't paint me with that brush. So your favorite. Fine, it's my favorite. This is this is how our relationship is. Brendan just gaslights me into believing whatever. Listen, Jason, you're just you're just jealous of how good an interviewer I am. Oh yes, I am jealous of I just make your truths come out. You just make my truths come out. <laughs> see? I'd see. So yeah, that whole thing is the opening scene, and I thought, oh okay. See that that kind of th- made me think I was in for something I would have actually liked to watch. And uh, okay, I'll just say right now, Jason, the fact that this movie is disturbing mm. is not why I'm like I didn't really care no. for a lot of the a lot of this movie. I've watched a lot of disturbing movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've watched a Serbian film for God's sakes. I didn't care for that movie yeah, either, well. but <laughs> that that movie was ex. Exploitation. That's just that's just we're we're just setting Brendan's floor here, like Serbian movie, <laughs> women in love, kind of around the same area. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. <laughs> um, but no, it's just it's just um, I don't know. We'll get into it as we get, as we go further. But I thought this was going to be like a Billy Liar like movie mm-hmm. where he goes into these like dream states and we see these like crazy things to distract him from the real world. I didn't know this movie was going to be this disturbing mm. um, or macabre. This movie's very dark. Yeah, oh for sure. You start off with a with a scene of a with a somebody getting birthed from a, a jizz filled tomato. Yeah. I love saying that term, yeah. by the way. Oh, I'm for gonna sure. say jizz filled tomato that's, as much again, as I can. For third week in a row, that's our new t shirt. <laughs> jizz filled tomato. Um we we should put jazz filled tomatoes so we oh, don't yeah. get uh, we don't want to get sued by Lucas, no. <laughs> what what? Well, because that's what that's what the music in Star Wars is called. Jizz. What are you talking about? You know the do 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 Yeah, that type of music is called jizz oh. in the Star Wars universe. Oh, George. I know this is a folks. Now I get it. This this conversation has been had in a million podcasts, but I need to let him know, so you know. I didn't know. Now he knows, and that's half the battle. That's right, Joe. So yeah, I, I just I don't know. It establishes a tone early on that I don't think is really kept. throughout the movie yeah it does very it's very i would say the tone is ultimately like kind of like ethereal a little bit like it's just out there and you're seeing these like things like he's sitting around he's reading a lot he's got his and then we have some weird transitions like we have his brother for instance ferdinand who's his older brother uh they have an incident early in the movie where they're selling newspaper to a guy to make money and they accidentally muscle in on some english dude's territory uh, and he punches Ferdinand in the face and breaks his nose or 
at least gives him a bloody nose and humiliates him. And so Ferdinand decides to get jacked. And he gets huge. He gets huge. <laughs> they, they replace what is clearly like a 14-year-old boy with what is a absolutely a like like mid-20s bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I will say, though, out of the whole movie, like I almost wish the movie had been about him. Yeah, exactly. I think his, his story is so much more interesting than Leolo. <laughs> or Leo is that he, cause he goes, because his story is interesting. Cause it starts off. Like you said, he gets bullied yeah. and he says, Oh my God, I got to be the biggest guy ever. Now I'm going to get in shape, whatever. And then later in the movie and he's, oh, he's, he turns into an asshole to his brother. Yeah. He's kind of a dickhead. He kind of warms up later, yeah. but he's kind of turns into an asshole. He's, a, you know, he's always lifting weights. Hilariously. There are scenes where he'll just be like reading something and his feet are just like stomping up and down and like ridiculous. Yeah. Fashion. And I was like wondering, what is he doing? Is he like bouncing along with the music? And then when he stands up, it's like, Oh no, he's got weights strapped to his feet like <laughs> but like and then you think and then he has a later confrontation with the bully again and he just gets humiliated and beaten yeah. again even though he's way bigger which which does make a good point about like like yeah you can get jacked but yeah. if you don't have the attitude it's not going to matter if, well, you, if you're still the same little boy inside that meat body then what are you your peacemaker that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's what i mean like that was that's what i mean when i say like uh, like I, I think that story that plot thread is so interesting because mm. Like you said, yes, he's he's still the same scared little boy, and, and also he's, um, it it just shows that when he was being all tough and angry earlier, we never actually saw him hit his brother. We no. never saw him get violent because no, no. he's still not that person. He's not like Raymond. Uh, he's he's less of an asshole than say Raymond and crazy. Like he's yeah. not you know, violent and crazy and drug addict. He's just a bit of a dickhead. But you know, like I say, he does come around. But also, then we have him. Yeah, when he confronts that bully, and then he gets beat up again. And, and then that's when that's where it ends. We don't see any resolution beyond that. No, well, the, with with those two characters, yeah. yeah. But then, but then also, that's also kind of where the bond starts to deepen yeah. between him and his brother Leo. Yeah, that Leo, you know, and, and of course, Leo had been thinking and writing throughout the movie, like the idea of his brother, like on his shoulders and then being like the biggest thing around and nobody would ever give them shit again. Yeah. Okay. Word traveler. Yes. I, the, okay. the, the worm tamer. <laughs> the worm tamer? I think that's what they call him, right? Oh, I thought it was word traveler. Hold on. I second. thought they say worm tamer at some point. Well, Mike, okay. So, Jason, can you explain to who that character is, though? Well, who the movie tells us it is, at least. Well, he, he's in the an movie, older man. he's a dude. He's an old guy, and he seems to be, like, not homeless, because he has a place he goes, but he just seems to, like, go out and collect trash. And uh, much of that trash is writings that Leo has done and then tossed into the trash. Uh, yeah, and he's just he's just reading it and interpreting it. I word, think he, word, uh, we confuse it. Word tamer. Not word, worm tamer, word tamer. Word tamer, okay. Yeah, so oh, everything makes sense now. So he's a guy. He doesn't say a whole lot. We we do see one scene where he kind of gets invited by mom for some pie, but he's just basically reading uh, 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 Leo's words. But is his story every time we see him? Is it supposed to be taking place later? Well, no, because I think he. I think it's simultaneously because he's picking up the trash as Leo throws it out. Right, so I, that would be on a daily basis. I don't of. understand who he is. I yeah. don't understand his purpose. No. And, and I felt like a, 
Jason, there were times I was watching this movie, I felt like a real dummy. Because I was like, I yeah. don't quite know what the movie's trying to well, say here. I, I saw a thing, I think it was on Wikipedia, that talked about like the idea that it was like some metaphor. He was part of some metaphor for like Quebecois and, and independence and the fact that this actor apparently was a separatist. Yeah, Pierre, Pierre Bourgault. Yeah. yeah, and didn't talk much. That it, but it, but also the director has said that he didn't do anything political with this movie. He well, that's what he claims. Intent. Yeah, but it's like it's sure there's it's pro like you could it, it it's weird enough that you can basically ascribe whatever you want to it. It's like the Bible, Brendan. Sure, if you can if you could think of it, you could probably figure out something from this movie that would support your argument. But I got a, but I, but a question here is. Well, a statement, I should say, maybe part of a question, into okay. a statement, into a query. Okay. Um, I think plenty of directors have said over the years, oh, my movie's not political when there's an agenda. I mean, I, I think that maybe sometimes, I'm not saying always. I'm going to say, I think but maybe, like, like with an agenda, though, there's also this idea of the agenda. It's like, do you. Does a director sit down when they're writing a script and say, "Okay, this is the this is the thing that I want to promote and forward, and this is what I'm going to write my script around"? Because there's also, the, I mean, you could have an unconscious agenda. Well, yeah, as that's. Well. I think that, too, that that might be the case too. Where you, I mean, maybe I think uh, Jean Claude Lausanne, who's since passed, he only made two movies before he died in 1997. Um, but I think he had very strong opinions about things, sure. and maybe he didn't intend to like make a yeah. manifesto. Yeah. This isn't triumph of the will, yeah. but he certainly, I think it certainly infused his like his words, his screenplay. Sure, I mean, and, and that's true of really anybody that makes a movie. You know that their personality comes through in the film they make. Um, but it, I mean, you don't cast someone like Pierre Borgo, who's like who is very like the, the like it said yeah. he was very well known for his views on things sure. you cast someone like him without knowing but what also you're doing. like you have to think like in quebec the idea of being a separatist is not crazy there's lots of them but he right? was a, but he was a pretty famous one though yeah. i think but i mean you can still cast like he's a, he's a well-known actor in quebec like at the end of the day if, you know you want somebody that has a uh like a pedigree and is good at acting and, and this guy doesn't have a lot of words to work with. So like Triple H. Yeah, exactly. He's a pedigree <laughs> and he's good at acting. That's right. Oh man, Pierre Bergo doing a pedigree. Have you ever seen that? Mm, it's perfect. Every day. But it's like I don't know. It's like I feel like it's like if you cast someone with a, a everybody kind of knew their opinion on something. Like I don't know. Okay, this is an extreme example and I'm not right. comparing the two people. But sure. if you cast like Milo Yiannopoulos in a movie. Yeah. And and he has very uh polarizing yeah. takes on things and you're just like, "Oh, this movie's not political though." Sure, but I I would argue the difference there though is that Milo is not an actor. Pierre Bago is an actor. So if you cast okay. Michael Ironside in a movie, say, your your typical right-wing Nut oh, job. Is, is oh, he? absolutely. Oh, Michael Ironside. Yeah, no, super pro-life, super whatever. Like he's very right-wing. Mm. But he's a fantastic actor. And you would want to cast him if you thought you had a role for him, regardless of his political opinion and regardless of what the movie's saying. I mean, if, maybe if the movie's too left-wing, he looks at it and goes, I don't know that I want to be involved in this. So you don't cast him. Maybe a but, better example is Mel Gibson in a movie in a movie where there could be political subtext. And sure, I don't know that Pierre Bergot was like an out-and-out racist, though. <laughs> no, again, no, and again, I'm But not my saying, issue with Mel Gibson is not his political opinions. It's his racial opinions and I'm, his uh, but words not, and actions. I'm, I'm not saying the same exact situation, yeah. but I'm just saying I think it's a loaded thing to do to cast Possibly. someone... Like but and I wouldn't want to necessarily, like I say, I'm, I'm sure Pierre Bergot is like a well-known and well-respected actor, so it's not like you just have to only cast separatists or federalists in your movie, right? So do you think, do, what do you think? Do you think this is a comment on I, the I separatists? don't know. I, I don't really think so, because that's not what I got from it, but I'm also stupid. Uh, but it, I was thinking of like, like 
in comparison to something like J.R.R. Tolkien, where people will ascribe him as writing this like elaborate metaphor about you know the First World War or the Second World War in The Lord of the Rings because he had been through that, and he's consistently denied that. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, but then again, let's remember he's dead, so he's an idiot. So who, who can trust what he says? <laughs> but uh, you know, he he denied that. So has Lucas ever denied the Star Wars stuff to do with the? Uh, World War Two. I, I I haven't heard that specifically. I mean, he certainly was inspired by World War Two movies, as far as like starfighter combat and everything. Went. I mean, I think there's some very stark. Well, I mean, there's. I mean, clearly the Empire is somewhat inspired by the Nazis in terms of like okay. them being sharp dressers and having like those kind of flared helmets and things like that. I'm I mean, just. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that I don't think a director simply saying, oh, I'm not political, is the be-all, end-all. Is the like, oh, yeah. oh, you're not. Oh, okay, never mind. Well, no, but I mean, yeah, sure, sure. But, I, I, but I wonder, at the end of the day, Brendan, everybody's political whether they know it or not to some extent. Like, but but wonder, whether they go in with the intent of specifically making a political polemic versus just making a movie from their heart and what that represents of their personality. Yeah, no, I... I, I mean, I, I'm not going to say shit is not political because everything is to some extent, but it's like you can, you can do it differently. You can do it, you know, directly. You got to you gotta get an agenda across or you just as a function of who you are, right? But I wonder if that's also when a director says, oh, I'm not doing anything political here, is number one, maybe them wanting people to just kind of figure it out on their own uh-huh. and make their own kind of connections. Because a lot of directors are like, I'm not telling you what I mean. You, yeah. It means what you want it to mean. And number two, maybe just trying not to stoke the fires, being like, if I say this is what it is and these are my absolute views, I'm going to alienate half my audience. Or they, or it is it just simply isn't. That's why a lot of comedians don't say anything on Twitter. Well, yeah, that's probably <laughs> smart. But like, but also, you know, the idea is like, you just do a movie and then somebody asks you, oh, is this political? And you're just like, well, no. Yeah. That's not my intent. I mean, it does kind of remind me of that Prince story that Kevin Smith told about how <laughs> he went into all this stuff about what dogma meant to him. And Kevin Smith was just like, shit fuck yeah man that's exactly what i was doing yeah. <laughs> but that's the beautiful thing about art is that that you know the artist can intend all they want but at the end of the day and to use a phrase that uh, should be retired i suppose but what's there is there what you portrayed is what you portrayed and you can't control how people interpret it so people can interpret it however they want and sometimes they'll see things that you never intended yeah i mean if that wasn't obvious already folks i'm sorry if i'm being captain obvious today but that's a fact <laughs> So okay, so that we see sometimes sometimes we get into it, guys. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we get into it. But the word tamer, okay. The other thing I want to talk about with him is they say at one point there's a line about how he is the reincarnation of Don Quixote. Sure. I want to know about that. <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. I looked up Don Quixote. I've never read Don Quixote. I'm not gonna pretend like I'm some smarty smart pants that has read the book. You know, there's only one book I read for this podcast, Brendan, and that was The Bridge on the River Quiet. I didn't even finish it. But I got I a sense of that it. There's only one book you've ever read ever. No, one bridge on the River Kwai, and I didn't even finish it. <laughs> I don't know what happens to the bridge. Which actually, to be fair, in the book, I read the Wikipedia. It doesn't get blown up. What? Actually, that's not true. I didn't read the Wikipedia because my uh, scoutmaster, when I was a young lad, uh, read us a bunch of Bridge on the River Kwai at a scout camp. And yes, absolutely, the book by Pierre, what's his face, the same guy that wrote Planet of the Apes. And um, yeah, the bridge doesn't get blown up in the book. Pierre Trudeau. Nope. The author of Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I just wanted to have a good time. That's the best Trudeau what I What was do, that? I was trying to do Pierre Trudeau, but it's hard. I don't want to do a thick French you, you accent. Said, you said it almost like you were doing kind of John Travolta. <laughs> I'm trying to make a V with my mouth, like he had. 
watch and see. Just just watch me. Just watch me. That's what it is. Um, but I okay. Can I tell you the only thing I know about Don Quixote sure. is the failed Terry Gilliam movie that yep. he tried to make with Johnny Depp. But then he did make it. He did, and I haven't seen it, no. but I heard it was not great. That's shame. Um, and I know that there was a Don Quixote movie with John Lithgow because I just remember one moment of seeing the trailer on a video cassette over and over is when D- John Lithgow quite defiantly goes, because I can still dream. Okay. And then okay. he goes away on his horse. So it must be the dreaming that is the thing. Because, yeah, Don Quixote is about a guy who, uh, I guess, from what little I read on Wikipedia, he basically, his humors are out of whack and he's like, uh, uh, dry humored at that point. Yeah, it's, it's like you know the old medicine idea of the four humors, right? So he's dry humored and he's hot tempered, and then he starts reading all these romantic novels and he starts believing that it's real, and uh, he sets off on a quest to be chivalrous and be a knight, and he decides that his like the neighbor farm girl is you know like the the princess, and there's like a farmhouse that's a castle and. Well, I mean, th- there you go, yeah. right? That's, so, I mean, that's kind of the idea of imagining, right? Yeah, and, and that that, that uh, Leo is a character that is dreaming and always dreaming. Like and, bending reality and stuff. Yeah, and living in this dream world to escape his kind of shitty existence in Mile End, Montreal. You layman may know uh, Don Quixote as Don Quixote. Because that's how you spell it. Yeah, that is how you spell it. <laughs> Of course, so, I mean, Don Quixote is one of those things. It's like one of those great cultural references. Literally, the only thing I know is the tilting at windmills bit um, from my life. You know, the idea of like foolishly going after something you think is a monster, but it's not. It's just a fucking windmill. Just wasting your time, you know. Yeah. Windmills are a waste of time. Uh, a certain former president told me that. <laughs> they give you diseases, apparently. Yeah. Did you ever see the Ben Garrison comics? Uh, you know, Ben Garrison, he's like a conservative political cartoonist. He pops up on Twitter sometimes. I do not. He's, he, he draws these like really like flattering pictures of Trump, like where he like looks like a superhero and shit. And for some reason, one of his like themes was like Trump tilting at windmills. And it's like, do you understand what that means? Like those windmills are the, the, the whole metaphor is that it's not real. It's that this guy's delusional. And clearly this this comic creator is also delusional because he doesn't understand Don Quixote. And I haven't read the fucking book, Brendan. You also said two terms that I never want to, I, I don't really like together in this conservative cartoon. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a, <laughs> it sounds it's, terrible. Yeah, no, it's bad. It's bad. He's, he's my, I mean, give it, I'll give him credit. He's better drawer than I am. That's for fucking sure. He's a talented artist, but mm, no, thank you. <laughs> it's funny. Cause they're weaker than me. That's right. <laughs> what are we talking about? Lee Lolo? Um, there are there are a number of other characters. Well, you mentioned that um, everybody kind of ends up in the asylum mm. at some point, mm. even Leolo by the end of the movie. Well, because he's got two sisters. Uh, he's got Nanette, who is, I think, already in there. She says, she keeps talking about, like, can I hold my baby or yeah. where's my baby or something? So I think I'm assuming she had a miscarriage. A miscarriage or a forced abortion, perhaps? Maybe, yeah. But she's like in there because she's doing. And then there's Rita who hangs out uh, under, like in the cellar. Yeah. And, and likes bugs. Well, takes care of uh, uh, his bugs. He likes bugs too, Leo. And he like collects them and she's like down there. And, and then as soon as they take her out of there, she just, that's it. Mm. She's gone. Yeah, she's at the hospital. There's one weird scene where they all go to the hospital, but dad is there, but he's like wearing a bathrobe. Like he's in there too. And I don't think he was in there. Well, there's even a line where he says that we all ended up there eventually. Yeah. And I I was like, we did? <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> I, I was confused about that too. I also thought the dad was going to be more of a presence in this movie, but really he's just like, like they can, like 
they describe him a jolly fat man yeah who works in like the mines i believe and well just kind of happily eats his lunch no he doesn't work in the mines he works at like um i think they make steel well, he works in some kind of like industry. Yeah, he works like in a factory. Yeah. Like they're, I, I th- I'm pretty sure they were like making steel shit when he was there. But it's like a dirty, like working class job. Yeah. And he's making sure everyone's shitting once a day, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Because apparently that was grandma's advice, which is funny. So <laughs> just to jump ahead a bit, later in the movie, there's a scene where, so of course, because they all have to shit, it's like, you know, uh, Leo will sit on the toilet and dad will be like watching him. Like with the door open or be the door will be closed and they'll be listening and yeah. expecting, right? So at one point he just doesn't have a shit to get out of him. So he like grabs this container and he pops the container open and there's a picture of what I assume is grandma and a turd in there. I did not know what that's, that was. That's what that was. I'm pretty sure because he because then he dumps it in the toilet and then the father comes in and looks and he's like, hey, good job, bud. <laughs> so did grandma donate a bunch of turds to him? I think she left a turd because she was the one that, that they keep talking about, like said, oh, a shit a day will keep the doctor away. So I have to feel like they kept a shit of hers in this thing with a picture of her because it was so important to their life. And then he, because I thought that was going to come back at some point that, that he was going to get like in, in trouble for dumping the shit in the, in the toilet, but. I think it was just a bit. Jason, I did not know that that was the detail. I, I'm of pretty that sure scene. that's what it was. I'm, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I misread it, but I'm pretty sure that that's what the, what the deal was. Because why would they keep that in there? What would that th- thing otherwise be that looks like a shit that he well, would the, be able see, to dump in the fucking toilet to look like a shit? Well, see, at first, when he dumps that thing into the toilet to make it, I thought he just wanted to make the sound and that he was going to flush it. And then his dad was going to walk in and just to see the flush. Like, but the fact that his dad goes up and says, hey, and looks in the toilet yeah. and sees it. I was like, wait a second. So that had to have been a shit or at least been very convincing. Something, something that looked like a shit. Yeah. yeah. Like a turd to sit in the toilet. Yeah. And but I'm pretty sure that was grandma's turd, folks. Um, grandma's turd. Always <laughs> coming in handy. Um, if you were wondering, folks, if there's nudity in the movie, you're, you'd be right. There's a little bit of nudity. Uh, we've got uh, a porno mag. Well, we've also got the hit, the girl that he's obsessed with named Bianca. Bianca, the next the next door neighbor who, yeah, he's ex- obsessed with. He talks about her in the movie that he, the door is only like 8.5 meters from his house, but it's still super far away. He's loving this girl from afar. I don't even think he talks to her. Like, uh, she, I think she, based on what happens in the movie, she knows he exists, but she doesn't really seem to pay him much mind because she's older than he is. But is she quite even, a bit older, I would say. But is she even real? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> like, I I don't know. Well, so here's the thing. So we see this Bianca, and yeah, she's whatever. She's like from Italy, oh, and she's living gonna, next door. You're going to talk about it, aren't you? I gotta. I gotta. So it seems like as a side hustle, she does a little bit of like sort of prostitution work. Well, I think the thing is she's she doesn't have a financially stable life. Yeah, exactly. So she needs to make money where she can, and it seems that uh, Grandpa, who's another member of the family we haven't really discussed yet, but oh, Grandpa's there. Yeah. Grandpa likes to go over there, get in the tub, and have Bianca either in her underwear or topless uh, massage his feet whilst he uh, takes a bath and then uh, bites his toes at his request. And she doesn't really want to do it, but I mean, Bite, he does. He throws his whole wallet at her. I bites mean, come on. his toenails off. Yeah, bites his toenails off. Yeah, that was the... Because the biting the toes thing, it was like, okay, I guess that's a thing. But then the actual biting the toenails off, wow, that's a very specific thing, Grandpa. Oh... Uh... The grandpa, by the way, who moments earlier tried to murder Leo in a uh, swimming pool. Yeah, yeah. We see a scene from when Leo was younger and he was kind of splashing grandpa and grandpa decided the best way to deal with him was to hold his fucking head underwater until mom came out and screamed at him and finally got him to stop. Yeah. So the grandfather. 
Yeah. He's a character. He is. But we don't really even all see all that much of him, really. Other Leo, than the toes sucking. The toes and sucking the, and then the later... The murder. And the, the, the attempted murder. Attempted murder. And then the... Okay. So eventually, Leo uh, figures out the grandfather is the cause of all the problems in the family. Well, yeah. that's what he decides. That's what he decides, yeah. And he... Again, I don't know how much of this is real, Jason, so yeah. it's hard for me to be like, this is so ridiculous, because yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But he makes a noose, yeah. climbs up above the bathtub where his grandfather, I guess, is just there a lo- most of the time. Yeah, because we do see a scene of him like sitting in the bathtub with the noose around his neck, reading a book, and it's like, oh shit, does this kid want to kill himself? Are we going to go that dark? But no. Yeah, that's how it's introduced. But no, it's just, it's just attempted murder, Brendan. He throws the noose down around his grandfather's neck, perfectly landing, by the way. Yeah. And then just yanks on the rope and no. is just like pulling him, pulling his grandfather up by the neck. And he's got some sort of like weight thing. Well, that's the thing. We see him through the movie. He's like bringing up very heavy things and there's no rhyme or reason. It brings up like a sewing machine and like some boards and a bunch of stuff. And it's like, what is he even doing? No, it's because he's making a counterweight and he, and cause he's up on the roof and there's like a shaft that goes down to the basement that there's a ladder that he climbed up. So his plan is to throw the noose around his grandfather's neck, knock the counterweight off and hang him that way. But it doesn't quite go to plan. The weight gets stuck. So he's like hauling on it, trying to hold him up. And the, and the grandfather, you know, he's being hanged, but he's not like his neck's not snapped or anything. He's fucking struggling. And eventually he gets it. He gets the thing down, but he falls down the shaft and then the weight breaks. The, the, the pulley up top breaks and the weight falls down on him. And when Jason says shaft, he doesn't mean Richard Roundtree. No. no or no. Samuel L. Jackson. I, I do not dig that. Can you dig this movie, though? Yeah, so he falls down like a literal... Sh- Is that your transition? Yeah, yeah. I love it. But um, yeah, so he falls down the shaft. I don't know what the shaft is supposed to be. Like it goes down to like the basement or something, but it goes up to the roof. Like Yeah. Also, what's interesting too is is that we haven't said this before, but he would climb up on the roof. He would watch Bianca doing this shit with his grandfather, and he would just sit up there and beat off. Just fucking go into town. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, well, I mean, I mean, I guess you could argue he's beating off just because she's topless. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's it. He's got to do what he's got to do. But I mean, he's also watching her bite his grandfather's toenails. Sure, off. but he doesn't see his grandpa's face. He could just see her titties. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Sure. I mean, yeah. this <laughs> semi semi autobiographical. Did yeah. this happen to Jean Claude? I mean, and this kid's going through his own weird sexual development because earlier in the movie, we see him come into the bathroom with a bunch of meat, and he takes what looks like a fucking like liver or kidney, cuts a slit in it, shoves it in his pants, and then pulls out a porno bag and starts fucking this meat on the floor. I don't know how they did this scene because you see him stuff it into his pants yeah, and he, there's he, no cut. He stuffs it into his pants, absolutely. There's no edit as he lays down with it in his pants and starts humping the ground. Like This, this kid was just game for uh, acting. I I felt uncomfortable yeah, because yeah. I thought to myself, are they doing too much with this child actor? Like I, f- I feel like nothing was cheated. Nothing was... Yeah, it was, I mean, whether they were doing too much or not, I did relate somewhat to the scene, because without getting into too much detail... When you used to fuck livers? Well, no, I've never fucked a piece of meat, but I've definitely uh, made some effort as <laughs> oh, a teenager. Yeah, I've fucked a couple pieces of meat in my day. I've definitely made some effort in my masturbation attempts as a teenager, so, you know, I get it, but it's Go it's on. just kind of fucked... No, thank you. But it's just kind of fucked up that he had to resort to a piece of meat. Now, hey, it's in the old days... You got to do what you got to do. You got to work with what you got. He had that old black and white porno mag. He didn't have the internet like we do. Hey, listen, it's just like Jordan Peterson said. Cartoons suck now. Broads can't be pieces of meat with high heels on. What am I even watching? That's a direct quote, I, I'm guessing. Uh, he Pretty close. Yeah. He did say that he uh, 
cartoons are not as good anymore. He's like he said you couldn't uh, you couldn't have in Frozen you couldn't have somebody look at Elsa and see a piece of steak with high heels on. No. As if that's like an issue. As, as if that's what <laughs> cartoon writers are just clamoring to do. We got to bring back the old Tex Avery. What bits. is he? What is he? The fucking that one fucking review writer, the <laughs> one fucking critic for The Incredibles, where he was like, "Man, she looked a lot like Dakota Johnson in Fifty Shades of Grey." I was getting a little hard. What? Wow. It's a kid children's movie. <laughs> There's plenty of resources for you on the internet, sir. You don't need to publish it in a major newspaper. Yeah. Damn. So yeah, he fucks a liver, and then they're oh, and then they do like a gross out like Fairly Brothers type scene, where the brother is like eating it the next day, and he pulls out like a hair out of his mouth. That's straight up like a gross out '90s comedy. I didn't even know what it was. He's just like, oh, what's this? It's yeah. Like- oh, it might not have been a hair. It might have been something. It makes else. me think of in basketball. When- now, why didn't he get pregnant? That was a piece of food. Yeah, it reminds me of the scene in basketball where Matt Stone goes into the bedroom and he like he thinks it's the girl's bedroom and he opens up the drawer and pulls out a dildo and he just starts like fucking sucking the dildo off and then the girl comes in and goes, "What are you doing in my mother's room?" And then he like pulls out a hair from his. Oh, and then later when he says like, "Oh, it's one of her mom's hairs," yeah, and then and he's like, "Man, that was a great psych out." He's like, "Oh, there's another one." <laughs> Yeah, good times, basketball. Guys, check that movie out. It's, classic, it's great. Ca- classic Canadian film. Totally Canadian. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's lots of gross stuff. Can we just talk about all the gross stuff? I and mean, we, we talked about some of it. Sure, hit me. There, I think the worst one for me, and it's, it might not be what you think it is, but I think the wor- one of the worst ones was when we see Leolo and his friend double team a prostitute. <laughs> that was that was unfortunate well also watching there was that some scene, groping there was it was groping i mean they weren't they weren't actually like they didn't have her on a spit roast or anything but she was but with this clearly older woman who's like gotta be older she's not like she gotta be at least minimum in her 30s yeah unless you know maybe she smoked maybe it was I, maybe she's then. in her 20s but still yeah it's it, a child it, with these like 11 year old boys just fucking like yeah, giving them like the old, uh, the old, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like the old oars. But even like, yeah, and like, even though I know it's not real, obviously, yeah. but like, they're still showing these young child actors feeling all over her body. Yeah. And, and with I, their pants down and, and their underwear. I, I did not care for that. <laughs> There's ways to do that without doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I have to say that of all the things I did as a teenager, I cannot relate to that because I, there were no prostitutes on Label Road, let me tell you, that I knew about anyways. I don't. Do you think that a prostitute would fuck a child? I mean, if, they're, if you need money. <laughs> I don't I don't know that. Did you ever see Milk Money? Melanie Griffith showed those boys her tits for money. She, she would have them. No, but she would have if they'd had more money. Do you really think so? Yes. So you're saying that Melanie Griffith, this is a very important debate. Everyone else, shut up. This movie, Leolo, yes. shut up for a second. You're saying in Milk Money, yeah. Melanie Griffith's prostitute with a heart of gold uh-huh. would have fucked those kids. If they had had enough money. Oh, man. I just don't know why she wanted to fuck Ed Harris. He yeah, was an old man. And he, and she did it for free. He was an old man like 1970. Yeah, he's well. That's but that's the thing. He doesn't age. He's looked the same since uh, 1970. He doesn't age. AKA he came out as a grandfather. That's right. That's right. He was born a grandpa. He'll die a grandpa. I like to think he's very young and he just has Benjamin Button disease. Oh, he's actually aging backwards. Well, he's he's all bald like a baby. So, oh god. Um. Okay. And yeah, we we should probably talk about this scene because we're gonna have to talk about sure. it. Sure. Jason, there there is a scene where Leo Leo is talking about how, I mean, he's talking about discovering sexuality and you know sex or whatever, 
and he was said it was he's disturbed by the way the other boys were doing it. Now, first of all, they're all wearing leather jackets. <laughs> they're, I guess they're all like they're all like at a West Side Story or something. They're all the fucking jets. It's so weird. <laughs> I just feel like there's so many moments in this movie that they're just they just feel weird for the sake of being weird. And maybe that's what turned me off of a lot yeah. of it. And they're all wearing leather jackets and they're like huffing something. Yeah, oh yeah, they're definitely huffing gas or glue or something out of a bag. And yeah, then, smoking and drinking and just being like shits. Like, but that's and also again, like maybe I grew up sheltered, but you know, I didn't. I didn't have my first drink until I was like seventeen. I'm I didn't have my this, first cigar until I was like eighteen. Well, like, I'm assuming this whole scene is based on your childhood. Yeah, well, it, I mean, I expected that when I came into this movie. I thought, oh, finally, somebody does a movie that appeals to me about my life. But um, they're all gathered around, and they get this kid really high on whatever it is in the bag. Yeah, and then a cat is uh, put on the table. And this cat looked distressed. Number one, I don't think this cat was treated well. There was a moment where they showed the cat and it looked like it was panting Mm -hmm. or like clicking a lot. It didn't look comfortable. They were apparently going to do this with a fake cat and the actor was like, no, 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 it'll look phony. The kid actor! The kid actor! (laughs) Was like, no, no, this will look bad. We should do it with a real one. Like, no, fuck you, Jean Claude Lazan. You could tell a kid, no, that's not okay. Was we Daniel Day Lewis in disguise for this role? Oh God, <laughs> I don't. I think Daniel Day Lewis even would be like, whoa, guys, yeah, <laughs> let's I, let's settle down here. I'm willing to do a lot of things, <laughs> but this is a real cat that they supposedly tie down. Mm-hmm. I don't know how tied down it actually is. We only see. I I, I don't notice it actually tied down in any shots. It just seems but to be it, held I, on the table. Again, it just looks very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. this kid performs some kind of sexual act on it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why you <laughs> felt the need to pet my cat while I was talking about that. That's just for you, Brendan. <laughs> oh, you 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 pet her like platonically. That's right. <laughs> but he does something to the cat. Does it ever t- explicitly told? Oh, it's pretty clear he's fucking that cat. Is he? F- I thought he was just like putting his mouth. No, because he because he. So in the beginning of the scene, he's like, the guy's like, give put five dollars on the table. You put five dollars on the table, I'll do this. None of you guys are man enough to do this. I'll put five dollars on this. Put five dollars on the table, and I'll do this. And so they take up a collection, and they give him five dollars. And so, yeah, they put this cat in the table and you can see like they they take a shot of him, like basically unbuttoning his pants. And it's clear that that's what's going on. And then in the narration, we hear the narrator say the thing about this was, though, he would have done this anyway. But by bringing the five dollars into it, it, you know, it somehow justifies it to him or whatever. Like, yeah, I know. But again, like, I don't know, man. I just don't. Again, disturbing movies don't necessarily bother me, but they, there has to be a rhyme or reason. And I think a lot of the stuff in here, yeah. there's no, it doesn't feel like there's enough rhyme or reason to, well, to justify yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not going to try to justify it. Uh, all I can say is that, well, if, if the director, if the director had experienced this as a childhood, like something like this in his childhood, and this is his truth that he knew somebody that fucked a cat, okay. I get that. I fucking hope not. <laughs> but also, do you hope that that's what somebody fucking dreamed up <laughs> for this movie? Like, what if one of these kids fucked a cat? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess so. At least the other way, it wouldn't be his fault. He just happened to be party to somebody being fucked up. And you know what? There's enough fucked up people in this world. Yeah, I bet you some kid fucked a cat once. Minimum. <laughs> Minimum. Um, the last kind of big topic I want to talk about before we kind of move on, unless you have more. Ugh. Um, keep talking. I'll keep talking. The uh, <laughs> the soundtrack. We heard a little bit of that at the beginning, just yeah. like that monk chanting. Yeah, the weird dark. Yeah. What did you What did you make of that? It, 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 I guess it set a tone for the movie. It was clear that this movie was not like a laugh out loud comedy uh, from that opening. Um, 
and that's there. But then we also get some pop music too. Most most famously, we have uh, "You Can't Always Get What You Want" by the Rolling Stones. That was there. that was nuts. I was yeah. like, they they. I mean, I was kind of blown away when we heard all the songs in Crazy. Yeah. Because remember, we said ten percent of that movie's budget was the songs. Yeah. But I was like, I was totally shocked. We we heard that Rolling Stones song. That yeah. could not have been cheap. Yeah, and I'm, I'm assuming the rest of the soundtrack, which was appropriate, but and some of it was English, but most of it was French. Yeah, um, and I mean, this movie cost $5 million. I'm yeah. assuming a lot of that went to that song. And let's not forget, not, other than the Rolling Stones, we also got a lot of Tom Waits on the yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. And, and I knew it was Tom, without even knowing that the song was a Tom Waits song, just like, yeah, you know, right away. Yeah. Or Louis Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, one or the other. Oh man, this movie is weird. <laughs> so, wow, you just understated. Yeah, <laughs> understatement of the year. Um, is there any other big things that you kind of want to have? We haven't really gone over yet. Well, before? we'll go through the bits and bobs, and and I should be able to hit things that I missed. Okay, well, hit, hitting things that he missed is Jason's motto in life, and we are going to take a break. We will, we will hear from uh, some of our sponsors, not all of them, but some of them, and some. we'll be right back. Oh. Age of Radio, mon ami. Um, I'm just too disturbed to do this, so here we go, Timbits. Timbits, you love those little Timbits. Thank heaven for little Timbits, thank heaven. Thank the heaven for the Timbits with Jason. Not Brendan. Sometimes I say things. Uh, what do I got here? I got a few notes here. Oh, he pisses off the balcony in the beginning. I don't know. If, uh, but th- that makes sense now. That didn't make sense in the beginning of the movie. It makes sense now because we know that <laughs> they give all the kids fucking laxatives. That back of them is occupied at all times. Yeah. There's no way it's not if they're all fucking laxatives. So if he's just got to pee, got to go out in the balcony. It reminded me of a weird movie called Sweet Movie. there's a scene where a guy is saying goodbye to his lover Uh and uh for some reason he whips out his dick and just starts pissing into the ocean Hmm. and then he's like uses his hand to like scoop some of it out towards her and they're Uh like laughing and frolicking i don't know why it reminded me of that but it just did because maybe because it's a weird movie and he was pissing is this like a like an epic movie type movie no (laughs) this is like a this is like a weird like 70s 60s foreign movie and Okay, so the principal from Animal House is in it. Oh, some, sure. For some reason, and he has a giant golden cock. Oh, that okay. He, that he pisses on a woman with. Oh, well, I mean, if you had a golden cock, that's what you would do with it, I assume. Jason, I can't, <laughs> can't overstate how fucked up this movie is. There, there's, there's a uh, let's just say, um, in this movie, they they shit once a day. Uh-huh. Well, I think in Sweet Movie, that all ends up at their uh, dinner table. Oh. Oh, they've been collecting it. I was eating a chocolate bar watching this movie, <laughs> not knowing what was to come, and then that happened. And I, I've never, I've never gone to the point where I saw just saw a movie and wanted to vomit. <laughs> I vomited. <laughs> I went to the washroom and threw up. Damn, that is an effective movie, folks. Sweet movie, check it out. Please don't. It's probably on Hulu. <laughs> it's, it is not. It is hard to find for a reason. 
It's not as like de- degrading and disturbing as like let's say say oh you know what though there is an adult woman who seduces children and murders them in a pile of sugar. Folks, this is part of what my life is like hanging out with Brendan because he because he watches so many more movies than I do that he gets to tell me about these insane fucking movies. So I'm so glad that you got to be part of this today. <laughs> not lying with the sugar scene. <laughs> Have you done uh, this one on what were they thinking? Do you think you get Nathan to watch it? I- I feel like Nathan, the only reason it's not on his restricted list is because he doesn't know it exists. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I want to see that list. And guys, don't watch Salo. <laughs> uh, I wrote down there's too many kids to have one toilet in the house on laxatives, which, yeah, clearly, clearly. you yeah, got to have at least two. There'd be shit all over the place. Oh, my Just God. Just like Bob Saget uh, talks about in uh, R.I.P. in uh, Dumb and Dumber. And at, or, least, or at least two of them got to be lazy wipers. I mean, jeez. <laughs> no, you pulled them. <laughs> <laughs> Making reference to the SNL episode he showed me beforehand. Um, oh, and one point he he so he's in the bathroom for a while, and then he gets out and leaves. And Dad comes in and checks the toilet, and there's nothing in there. So Dad grabs a fucking like enema device, like it's like a, a it's got like a tube on the end of it, and it's got like a bellows you can squeeze. Clearly, he's like, well, if you're not gonna shit, we're gonna do it the the hard way. Uh, don't do that unless you're really constipated, I assure you. Uh, an enema is not your friend. It's actually your enemy. Is that is that the common wisdom? <laughs> it's my wisdom. Uh, okay. Yeah, why was that? Like, okay, so that old man reading that child's writing does seem kind of creepy, doesn't it? Old man reading the child's yeah, writing? Yeah, word, word, uh, word tamer? Yeah, I, again, I don't <laughs> know what that is. I don't know what it is. It's I, nice I, that somebody appreciated his words, but also... I mm. really hope... That whoever does decide to watch this movie somehow, because good luck finding it. But if you do watch this movie and you understand what we don't, please tell us. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah, please, folks, if, if you've seen this movie, if you like this movie, let us know. Like, like, let us know. I mean, like I say, I we spoiled it earlier, and I do kind of like this movie, and Brenda doesn't, but, like, let me know what, what the deal is. The Billy Liar moment of the movie for me happens when uh, the grandfather is trying to murder uh leo by like drowning him mm-hmm. and he imagines that he's like diving for treasure yes that just that felt to me that was the moment where i was like oh okay so we're going back to this so maybe this is going to be the movie and then again they pull the rug out from under and, me. and just to jump ahead a bit we see kind of a, a parallel to that later in the movie when um i think they i think uh, ferdinand and him talk about going fishing but then when they go they go to the docks and ferdinand sends leo into the water to go like grab fish hooks what was that it, well, it's like so those, they those sell them yeah yeah it, it's kind of the equivalent of going into a golf course and retrieving golf balls from the uh, lake like okay he's picking up all these like lost fish hooks and then bringing them back to sell them back to the fishermen that are fishing off there and he's swimming in water that is just full of trash we literally see people throwing like a refrigerator door into the water it's just full of shit it's so dangerous, but he's down there grabbing these fish hooks and then bringing them back up to sell. Yeah. And specifically because Ferdinand seems to want to help him buy a bike. And so, which they didn't get, and he has a bike. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, that was weird. Um, I actually had a note here where I was going to ask you. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> well, we already talked about it, but I was going to ask you if you've ever jerked off into a liver. Uh, yeah, no, I think I've already established that yeah. I've not jerked off into any meat. Okay. No. But uh, vegetables, yes. Like a, like a nice juicy pineapple. Oh, that be that might hurt. Yeah, that, no, you want to well, eat the pineapple and then taste it after. Could be sweet. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, could be that's, sweet. That's what they say on tasted, the internet. You ever tasted your own brand? Uh, not intentionally. Oh dear. Well, sometimes you get a good shot. I mean, what can I say? 
Thanks for tuning in, folks. It's got, you get to know some personal information. Why do I open my mouth while I jerk off? I assure you, I haven't shot that hard quite since I was a teenager, although a my long, wife might be able to tell you something different. A mm-hmm. long time, a long time. long time. Oh. Lilo and Stitch. Um, I like when uh, I do, again, I think Fernand is the most interesting character, but I, when he's eating the tainted liver, let's say, um, as soon as he turns and looks at Leo and like questions it, <laughs> you notice the cross falls on the wall behind yeah, him? Yeah, that was great. Because Leo's like, I, I, I don't know what that would be. And yeah, the lies and the cross falls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so good. Oh, fuck. Also, I would not like, 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 like I, I get it. I get it. They're poor, right? They're poor. And if he's going to come into a piece of meat, you got to eat that meat still. That's a lot of money to waste. But okay, here's my other question though. So he, when, when he comes in with that meat bundle that he's going to fuck the liver, right? He's also got a, like a chicken and he tosses the chicken in the bathtub. I believe it's a turkey. Uh, it looked pretty small to be a turkey. Okay, maybe, maybe. But yeah, he tosses it in the bathtub. Now also they did have a real turkey in the bathtub earlier. Was he going to fuck the chicken? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Did he did he decide to just cut the hole in the liver and that was good? Also, or was the chicken a backup? Also, is that kid just like stealing money to go buy all that meat? Yeah, wait, is- well, I wonder if he was if he bought that meat for his mother, like if she gave him the money to buy it for supper and, and then, he's like, I'm just gonna fuck it first. I'm just gonna fuck it first and I'm gonna throw the chicken in the bathtub. Good lord. I mean, that just seems like a waste of meat to There's me. also a rat that he has as a buddy. But we yeah. don't really see much of that. Well, we see the rats in the house. They just happen to be hanging out in the sink. Again, I just, I, oh, it just, it frustrated me watching this that they kept starting things and then leaving them. Well, that's, that's just a feature of urban living, Brendan. If you, you know, the idea that you were in a poor neighborhood and you had rats back in those days, not crazy. But they set things up and then don't do anything with them. Well, that's the thing. Like, why, why is anything a thing? Jason, you use that argument for everything. Why do we, like, really, isn't the universe just me? At the end of the day, like, am, is it not like solipsistic where nothing exists but me? I'm the only thing that exists. That's what I'm saying. So long and thanks for all the fish. Hey, Douglas Adams. Folks, check out Hedgehog's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, only the movie. The book sucks, right, no, Jason? No, no. You will read the book and you will forget about the movie. Uh, although does, I will say Alan Rickman, fantastic. Does the book have most Def? Uh, I mean, it could if you put no Mos Def in head. Does it? I don't think they cast books. Well... Fuck the book. The Hobbit had Martin Freeman. The books did. No excuses. I wrote down that uh, Ferdinand turned into Bruno San Martino. <laughs> he did. He really did. Except he, not as Harry. He also was kind of a bullish figure, so I thought of the, the cartoon bull movie, Ferdinand. Oh. Voiced by John Cena, who would have been a good uh, person for this role. Yeah, no, but John Cena, <laughs> just have John Cena suddenly replace Ferdinand as the older brother. Yeah. I, you know what? John Cena can speak French. I bet you, or rather, John Cena can speak Chinese. I bet you he could learn French. John Cena is kind of not human in the best way possible. Yeah, he's a part of the CCP, though. You have to understand that. The, he's he's the, at the behest of the Chinese Communist Party, Brendan. I don't believe he that's said a, true. He said a thing, Brendan, and, and about Taiwan maybe being a country. I think that's what happened. And then he had to apologize to the Chinese people, but he did it in Chinese because okay. he's a fucking boss. I would like to apologize for my co-host, Jack Posobiec. <laughs> if that's how you pronounce Chak his Holmes. name. Chak No, I'm Alex Jones. We're talking about Chak Holmes. And if that's, how you don't, don't, if that's not how you pronounce his name, I don't give a fuck because he's no, an that guy. No, that guy should probably just... Um, Return to the wilderness. <laughs> the wilderness don't want him. Mm. Leolo. Yep. They... Jack Posobiec, not in the movie. No. Uh, Rita wanted his deer flies. 
I don't know why she wanted them. Oh, his sister. Yeah, and then later in the movie, he brings her the flies, but then mom is pissed that he brought her the flies, and mom fucking boils the flies alive. That seems extreme. Extreme. And then she gives him the fucking jar full of the dead flies in the boiling water and says, here. And he's crying over his dead bugs. He's crying over his dead bugs, the poor kid. He's been, no wonder he lives his fucking fantasy life. He's traumatized by these people. Does he get an STD from that prostitute? Uh, I don't know that he actually penetrates her. Uh, I believe he does. I did not see that. Well, how come he... I, see, I thought they were trying to say that he got an STD from... Sorry, are they called STI? What are they called now? Uh, yeah, I think you're correct. What, what, uh, wait, so, so please explain this to me. Why do you so, think he got an STD? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, sex positive diseases? Am I canceled? I'm just joking. You've, you've turned into a, a bad comedian. <laughs> ah, that's not true. You're always a bad comedian. <laughs> Zing. I can't see anything anymore. I quit comedy. <laughs> There's no I'm place gonna, for white men anymore, I'm Brendan. We gotta go, just pack up and leave. I'm just gonna go direct Joker now. Okay, that's a real Todd Phelps interview. He was sad about cancel culture. Anyway, yeah, um, what I was know. I saying? Ba 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 ba. So the reason I thought I thought he had an STD, or the or the movie was trying to tell us that he had an STD, is because he got sick shortly after that, like fell over, mm. and I thought that was the whole thing where he got like syphilis oh, or something, and that's yeah. why he went to the uh, asylum. Okay, okay, I didn't think that specifically. I thought it was just a function of he was part of this fucked up family, and they all go to the asylum eventually, so this was his time. Guys, this movie ends with him going crazy and being in an asylum and still being like, and still as a child. This isn't the ending of crazy we're talking about here. No. Any more bits and bobs? Uh, what else we got here? Oh, his dad kind of looks like Buddy Hackett. Sure. Just kind of like that that look. Although, hopefully not as much of a piece of shit as Bobby Buddy Hackett was. Was he a piece of shit? I think so. I got that impression from him. Is that because he was trying to find that treasure? <laughs> sure, yeah. You know what I'm referencing, Jason? No, what was Buddy Hackett in where he was looking for a treasure? It's a mad, 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 mad world. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I'm familiar with it. Is five mads? Four mads. Four mads, okay. Uh, oh, when he's spying on Bianca, I thought this is some Porky shit. Wink, wink. Uh, don't don't spoil it. Uh, and then she also smoked a cigarette, so I immediately thought a Family Guy. If she smokes, she pokes. But that's just that's me. Uh, right. And then she's whoring herself out to Grandpa, and it's like she does poke. Is this all? Is all this just like sex jokes? Pretty much. Well, not even jokes. It's just observations. Sex uh, observations. Oh, I uh, the bit where he Sex says observations. He he talks about learning about the different parts of the body in English class. Like they go to an English class and they're all like, uh, you know, like uh, John has ten fingers. John has ten toes. And he because of that he he thought English people didn't have like genit- genitals, right? Because uh, he didn't know an English word for it. So and and then he was like squatted up on the toilet looking in a mirror like looking at his own dick and that might be why his obsession with his dick oh, well, um, i mean he's a man we all are obsessed with our dicks brendan well it's also like it may be kind of a statement on how long it takes the school the schools to teach that kind of shit yeah which and, i imagine were, was worse back then well you have to remember quebec is like a, a at least pre you know whether this t- movie takes place during the quiet revolution or before the quiet revolution is point of contention but pre-quiet revolution you know the catholic church ran all the schools mm. so was unlikely that you were going to get a like thorough sex education in a Catholic school. Not for free, anyway. Hey, you got to go talk to Sister Mary Catherine. About oh, I thought you were going to say father something. <laughs> oh well, yeah, that, that's the other thing too. Yeah, you could just father something, and then you learn the mechanics of it by experience. So Mark Ruffalo told me. Uh, oh, and then I wrote, "Why does he have so much meat in the bathroom? Is he going to fuck that meat? He's going to fuck that meat." That's a good note. <laughs> and then they ate the meat. 
Well, he ate the meat. Yeah. Well, well he didn't eat the meat. That no, was Ferdinand that ate the meat. That's what I meant. Could we stop saying ate the meat? No, no. <laughs> oh, when he was when he was watching his grandpa uh, and Bianca, he he said, "I never knew whether to puke or jerk off," <laughs> and it was clear he did know because he jerked off. We also said, uh, "Well," and th- that is kind of th- this is kind of funny because you hear the sound effect of him hitting like the the uh, the, the side of the wall as he's jerking yeah, off. Yeah, it's very loud, real real sound design there. And he's and he's wearing like uh, undersea or under uh, like scuba goggles. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing the goggles that he then uses later to dive into the water. Yeah, so, yeah. And she uh. sees him several times and does not do and just smiles. And yeah. I'm like, okay. She gets what's going on. She's like, oh, yeah, you're having fun. Enjoy it. <laughs> Doesn't know that he's going to kill his grandpa, though, or try to. Rather. Try to. I thought he was going to do it. I was like, this is a turn. Mm. Old guy takes the, the uh, our friend Word uh, Tamer, takes his uh, uh, writings to the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And. The teacher's just like, I don't have time for this stuff. I'm already so, uh, you know, I already got so much going on. I can't read this. He's like, he's such a good writer. You need to pay attention to him more. I'm like, what are we, what? What are we doing? What are, what we, are doing? we doing? Who are you? <laughs> Who are you, Word Tamer? <laughs> Why do you, I mean, like, I get it. He cares, I guess, from reading the kid's words. He feels a certain empathy for him. But, I mean, that's the kind of shit that would probably make a teacher uh, concerned. The kind of shit he was writing about dreams and about, you know, like his dick and stuff. Well, also, like, are you a parent coming here to the school? Who are you? Yeah, what, who's this random guy that's talking about one of the children that go to this school? What relationship does this fellow have with the children that are going to this school? Hey, I'm a slightly uh, better dressed than average old homeless man with some writing that a kid wrote in your class. You should yeah. probably read it. Uh, who the fuck are you? Oh, and when he gets sick, they they uh, they take him and they put him in an ice bath. I don't know what the point of that is. I mean, I'm sure there was some old timey medical reason for shit like that, but no idea. Got to cold out the fever. Yeah, and then he says at the end, sadly, he no longer dreams. No, because now he's just he's lost his mind. Yeah, and they probably got him on medication along and stuff. with all of the other children except for Ferdinand. Yeah, who again should have been the star. Yeah, and then and then he's just there. That's it. Yeah. That's it, man. What a fucking depressing movie. <laughs> a very depressing, very disturbing movie. Um, you already mentioned this, but it, it, uh, Jean-Claude Lausanne did state that it was sort of a semi-autobiographical movie, which, again, is insane. Um, a friend of his uh, named Andre Petrowski claimed that the movie uh, depicted the gross pathology of the Lausanne family in a very, very personal way. Yeah. So just a little extra, um, a little extra there. Um, we talked about uh, Pierre Borgo and his kind of, uh, you know, his his real life yeah. uh, views on things and how it was interesting to cast him. Um, it's also interesting that there's there, there's several uh, things here that said that in the narration they say that it's in Mile End, Montreal, Canada, but mm. they don't mention Quebec, and that seems like a very distinct thing but maybe that's also because leolo doesn't see himself as you know french canadian he wants to be italian maybe that's him taking it out we know yeah, he's thinking of the country rather than the specific province because like yeah. ask me to name a province in italy or a state or whatever they're called a subdivision in italy i can't do it venice boulevard venice is a city i don't know that it's i said region. venice boulevard venice boulevard is that even a place uh have you ever seen a little movie called Don't Look Now? Are you thinking of, well, okay. Be careful. I don't, I don't know that there's a Venice Boulevard in Venice. Be careful because there's murderous dwarves. Now, I've heard of Venice Beach because I know Hulk Hogan liked to go there. 
Yeah, that's where he hung out with all his black friends. Yeah, <laughs> called him brother. <laughs> well, he called him something. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot about the, the making of this movie, but I can tell you the reaction to this movie. Um, most people loved it. People consider this a Canadian classic. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, it's number five on this list. Uh, McLean's magazine said that it elevates Canadian cinema to new heights of creative ambition and achievement. Roger Ebert, our old buddy, gave the film four out of four stars. Wow. Said Leolo is an enchanting, disgusting, romantic, depressing, hilarious, tragic movie, and it is quite original. One of the year's best. I have never seen one like it before. Uh, New York Times said daring, bracingly original, whimsical initially, she said. Um, Los Angeles Times said it was extraordinary. New York Times said it's a bizarre, occasionally upsetting film, but its underlying portrait of the artist as a young man theme couldn't be more classic. However, David Denby of New York Magazine panned the film mm-hmm. and said the most maladroit film I've seen in ages. <laughs> what a fun word. Yeah. In 2005, mm. Time Magazine named Leolo um, one of their all-time 100 movies. All-time. It's not just Canadian movies. It's just all-time 100 wow. list. Uh, Ebert added it to his great movies list, which you can check out those books. They're very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I recommend I hated, 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 hated this movie. His uh, the yeah. best bad movie reviews in there. Great. I mean, obviously, North North is the one to check out oh, to start. But yeah, North is that is a work. <laughs> that review is a work of art. Um, uh, in, uh, t- in 2014, Peter Howell, the Toronto star, uh, because the movie was screened. Uh, again mm-hmm. and he said the movie was masterful the toronto sun called it brilliantly deranged and they said that lozon would have enjoyed seeing the film's revival because folks he died in a plane crash in 1997 like i briefly uh mentioned earlier fucking dumbass <laughs> fucking dumb dumb motherfucker no he uh and this was one of two movies that he ever made yeah that was it the other one was called night zoo oh um i don't know much about it but uh, you know maybe we can watch it's, it it's a zoo at night it. Is it and like a night at the museum? Yeah, the animals come to life. Yeah. Except <laughs> it, Finally. Which is not that exciting because <laughs> they're, they're animals. <laughs> I guess they could talk. Yeah, they, they can talk now. It's just fucking zookeeper. It's, it's Dr. Doolittle. I gotta roll Kevin James in on a fucking segue. Can we? No. Oh. What? No. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, that's pretty much it. The movie cost $5 million. It did moderately well at the box office, but not great in the U.S., certainly. Well, I mean, it's um, certainly the... I'm sure every French person went to it on opening weekend because they had nothing yeah. else to do. <laughs> did okay in Canada. And, uh, yeah, so there you go. So, Jason, uh, why don't you tell us what you thought of this uh, weird fucking movie? It is a weird fucking movie. I, I think I enjoyed it overall. Uh, I like a good coming-of-age movie. This one is a just a messed-up one, but it's clearly a personal portrait of this guy and and what he must have experienced or or an interpretation of what he experienced and it also can come across as like pretentious student film shit but at the same time i don't know i i i kind of i kind of like what it was uh I, I don't know that i would necessarily recommend it to anybody uh i don't know who i would recommend it to or why but it's an interesting film and i give it that it kept my attention the whole way through so i can't give it a negative review on that way it's no English patient. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, 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 didn't, it didn't do it for me. Again. I, I there again. I go back to like some of the criti- criticism I said earlier. There were just so many things that it kind of brought up and just dropped, and we kind of moved on. It yeah. just it felt like for a movie. And it's not even the fact that it's a disturbing movie. Like I said, watch mm. plenty of those movies. No problems there. 
it just felt like there was a lack of focus. Like I didn't, I didn't know what I was supposed to care about. I didn't like, the, I didn't even like the main character. Yeah. Like I th- just thought he was like, this is Jean Claude Lausanne. I mean, you know, rest in peace. But this is Jean Claude Lausanne being like, listen, I was a little pervy kid, so you're gonna <laughs> see. You're, I'm a pervert, so you're gonna see how I was as a pervert. But kid. see, I, I relate to that because I guess I was a pervert kid because I relate to that. Were you but this much of a no, pervert? No, but also I did not have the opportunity either. Well, so, I think if you were given a piece of liver, I don't know that your first instinct would be to fuck it. Maybe not my first instinct, but I might think about it. I'm a smart kid. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It, like, I didn't... This is not like a one-star movie for me or no. anything like that. Like, I, I didn't outright hate it, mm. but I didn't really like it that much. And if it would have been more about Ferdinand, I probably would like it a lot more. But I'm glad that it, it, that you have a movie you don't like necessarily, because I felt like we were getting very, like, samey every episode, being like, oh, this movie was fantastic. It was amazing. And we've we've had great movies so far, but it's good that this one is a little divisive. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would probably put this below everything we've watched so far if I was oh, making yeah. a new list. Um <laughs> Because we've watched such fantastic movies up to this point, but uh, yeah, it's good that the movies can divide still. I think a good, ha- I think at the halfway mark through this movie, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm feeling this <laughs> one. <laughs> and that was before the the cat got fucked. Yeah. so there you go. Well, and that just was the cherry on top. That was the that was the yeah. <laughs> Please don't pet my cat again. <laughs> yeah, bandit. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's it. So that's it. We can never talk about Leolo again. Hooray. I don't have to. I don't think I'll ever watch it again, but I, I'm glad I did. I know I won't. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but, Jason, next week we are going to talk about number four on the on the Canadian all-time top ten list. Ooh, baby, what is it? Uh, it's another French movie, okay. another French-language movie, I believe. It's called... Jesus of Montreal. Oh, okay. That's again a movie I've heard. I've heard the name many times, but don't know a single fucking thing about. I have never heard of it ever. <laughs> the, I continue to be the worst Canadian. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about that one next week. Uh, I don't know much about it. I think it's about them trying to stage a play about G- about uh, about uh, Jesus's last days, and then it like. I know vaguely about it. I think there's trying to stage a play and then it like bleeds into reality or something like that. So it might be another weird one. <laughs> Are they staging Jesus Christ Superstar? Uh, no, that's the movie Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, shit. <laughs> but, Why um, is that not on the list? That's technically a Canadian movie. I mean, Norman Jewison directed it. He's Canadian. Yeah, but I don't believe anything else about that movie is Canadian. <laughs> I mean, Jesus was Canadian. That's a fact. I don't know what to tell you, Jason. No, I'm, I'm telling you, Jesus was Canadian, eh? <laughs> he turned water into he turned water into cores. No. So basically, water into water. He wouldn't turn water into cores, Brendan. He's Canadian. He would turn water into Labatt's or Molson. But or I wanted to make the Keith's. joke with that cores is water. Mm, but it's stupid. It doesn't make sense. It's so stupid. You're so stupid. You're stupid. Anyway, yeah. Jesus in Montreal next week. Um, but until then, Jason, they can find us on the internet. Yeah, if we're still there. If you're listening to this on a podcast app and you're like. Fuck this podcast app. This is garbage. Well, you know what? You can listen to us on a different podcast app, any of them really. Yeah. You can also find us on at our home base at Age of Radio. You can go to ageofradio.org slash for screen and country. Uh, you can find us on social media on Facebook. Just search for screen and country. You can find us on uh, Twitter at FSAC Pod. That's for Screen and Country Podcast. You can find us on TikTok. Lots of videos there for you to <laughs> so enjoy <many. laughs> for Screen and Country. Um, one day you should just unload like 30 videos. Yeah, I really should. I really should. I should build them up. Um, and you can also find Jason on Twitter. 
That's at Jason D. McLeod. That is M-A-C-L-E-O-D. Want to get your follows. Want to be big. I want to be a rock star. Hey, hey. You could you could talk about all the different kinds of meats that Jason's fucked. Yeah, well, and if you have any good suggestions, folks, let me know what is the best meat to fuck. What has the best curves? Mm. What what's the easiest one to make a hole in? What gets what gets just the greatest grip is really what I want to know. What's the juiciest meat? What is the juiciest meat for a fucking? That's a question we need to know. Let us know. Put it on a t-shirt. That's right. What is the juiciest meat? <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt and send it to us so that we'll know. You can't You can't DM us. No. You can't message us. You have to send it to us on a t-shirt. I would actually prefer if our listeners would only uh, communicate with us via t-shirts yeah. in the mail. Folks, folks, in future, if you want to send fan mail, only on a t-shirt. I would love for someone to just send a t-shirt. It's like, sup? <laughs> yeah. And I would wear it. ASL. <laughs> we got a we got a t-shirt from 1998 babe no get out of here dennis nah. oh thank god for jimmy stewart <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that jimmy stewart will beat my ass hey, hey, was hey get out of here you hooligan get a damn haircut cut your hair oh no my hair i got you i got your back boys Anyway, let's talk about it. So this week we're talking about Leolo. No, we're done, Jimmy. I uh, I didn't I didn't I liked the picture, but I thought there could have been more cat fucking. Well, you know what? Um, I'm waiting for the sequel. Oh well, I'll be back for it. See you All later, right. boys. I mean, Jean Marc Vallee is going to direct. Oh no. Oh no, Jason. No, I've mm. got some bad news. Mm. Mm. Well, Jean Claude Lausanne is. Go- oh no, no, he's. Oh. I mean, so, Claude Jutra, but no, uh, no, you know no. what? Even, mm. even if, even no, if, no. <laughs> <laughs> now that I know that factoid, um, <laughs> I'm he didn't direct this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do. Jesus in Montreal next week. And until then, I just got to say to you, Jason, God save the queen. God save the screen. And for our screen and our country, a eh? I'm Brendan and I'm Jason. So long, you hosers. Buck right off, eh? French-Canadian Jesus. Jesus.